Well, good morning, folks. It's great to be with you today. Um, and it's an honor and a privilege to be sharing the final message um, of 2021 from Go Christian Church. Uh, this is our final service for the year. Um, obviously, we'll, uh, you can still access messages online, but in terms of our live uh, services, our live face-to-face -face services, this Sunday is our last uh, service. We will resume in January. The second Sunday in January, we'll be resuming with our services. And so, yeah, we wish you all a wonderful festive season. And um, hopefully we'll begin next year with a big bang and we'll come back refreshed and ready to roll. Um, but for now, I'm going to be sharing with you on preparing for the season ahead. Preparing for the season ahead. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this word. And I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you want to help us prepare for our season ahead for the season of refreshing, for the season of rest. Really pray that you would take these words and help us to apply them, that they would um, bear fruit, they would fulfill everything that you've sent them for. Would you fill my heart, mind and mouth with your words, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Right. Well, let's get going, preparing for the season ahead. And I'm really wanting to encourage us concerning preparing for our season of refreshment, preparing for our season of rest. And um, for many of us, it is a time to refresh, to recuperate, a time to spend with family. And um, I'm wanting to give us some tools to help us do that. So when we hit 2021, we can really hit the ground running and we don't enter 2021 and we're, feeling, we're still feeling tired and exhausted and we're not ready to take the bull by the horns in 2021. So preparing for the season ahead to prepare. What do I, what do I mean when I say prepare? Well, basically to prepare, I'm meaning to, be, to plan the details beforehand, to plan the details beforehand. And um, it's so linked to discipline. Uh, what is discipline? Discipline is following through on what I've pre-decided is best for me, despite my emotional state at the time. Uh, discipline is following through on what you have pre-decided is best for you despite your emotional state at the time. So maybe today you decide you're going to do something tomorrow. You wake up in the morning and you think, oh, I decided I was going to run at 6 a.m. But it's 6 a.m. and I really do not feel like running, so I'm not going to do it. That's not what I'm meaning. I'm meaning you decide what you're going to do and then you wake up tomorrow morning at 6 a.m. and you follow through on what you decided to do despite your emotional state at the time. Um, we can't talk about planning and preparation without following through on what we've planned and prepared to do. We also can't talk about planning and preparation without discipline because we need discipline to do what it is that we've decided we're going to do. And um, I was chatting to my husband about this the other day and we were talking, obviously, uh, we were talking about soccer and Manchester United and their recent match. But we were just talking about how sometimes you hear a sports captain saying after a match, we weren't mentally prepared enough. That's why we didn't uh, do what we, how well we wanted to do. Or that's why we didn't do as well as we um, thought we were going to do. Because we weren't mentally prepared enough. And um, we were also talking about how some people fail exams, not because they aren't smart, but because they haven't prepared adequately beforehand. And you know, as I reflect on my life, as I think about um, our lives, generally speaking, we're really good at preparing details when it comes to events where there are going to be other people involved. 
when it comes to functions where there's a group of other of other people but when it comes to our personal lives sometimes we're not as diligent with preparing the details and following through with discipline simply because we're familiar with ourselves because we relax sometimes when it comes to ourselves and i'm really wanting to encourage us um, today regarding being diligent even when it comes to just ourselves even when it comes to just our families um, if we think about our spiritual walk as believers a large part of our warfare as believers lies in the preparation phase before the warfare hits so when i'm prepared and i have hidden his word in my heart adequately when the warfare hits i am um, I can wield that sword of the Spirit. I can. The Word is already in my heart. I now don't have to run off to the Bible to look for scriptures to help me in my time of temptation. Um, so a large part of our warfare uh, as believers lies in the preparation phase before the warfare hits. So I'm really wanting to encourage us that, you, you know, um, uh, next year is going to come. 2021 is going to come. Um, you, you already knew that. But we need to prepare for next year and we need to prepare for the season ahead okay so for some of you the season that lies ahead for you is next year and you're going to be um, using this message as you think about next year for others the season that lies ahead is the holiday season coming up and and that's really where i'm focusing my message primarily although i want this message to have a timeless aspect to it and to be applicable regardless of whatever season you're planning for so you take this message and you apply it where it will work for you so i want you to close your eyes close your eyes i want you to imagine you are planning a formal event okay for example a wedding you're planning a wedding and there are several important guests who will attend um, what are some of the things that you'll be thinking about uh, when you think about planning this formal evening event well you're going to think about the ambience you're going to think about the music you're going to think about the decor okay you're going to think about the seating arrangements who will sit where who who will be good company for who who will be comfortable with who um, how do where do you want to sit who do you want to surround yourself with you're going to think about the menu and what you want to eat you're going to think about the drinks on offer is it going to be a cash bar um, you're going to think about what you'll wear ladies you know especially and gents you'll think about what you'll wear and for those of you who love perfumes and fragrance maybe you'll be thinking Ish, i need to get some of my more favorite perfume because i've run out okay you'll be thinking of lots of details like that for this particular event and um why do you do that you, you do that obviously because you want to save face you want to look good you want the, the evening to flow smoothly you want to prepare adequately so that the purpose of the evening is fulfilled and and also you know that when you don't have a plan and you haven't prepared certain things you have very strong personalities and forces around you who will take over for example if you don't have a cash limit at a wedding uh, there's certain people who will maximize on having free drinks and they'll drink alcohol you know drink lots of alcohol because it's free um, and so on and so forth some some people are strong personalities that there's some forces uh, that will take over so it's important to have boundaries in place so the purpose of the evening can can be fulfilled um, and and that's the same I'm wanting us to take this example and and think about the season coming up because for many of us 
we are hosts whether you are parents whether you're a single parent whether you are a teenager or um, an individual you are the host of your season that is coming up and the God of heaven and earth will be joining you and so I'm wanting us I'm wanting you I'm wanting me I'm wanting all of us to think about what ambience do we want to create around ourselves who do we want to surround our lives with who will we sit with so to speak um, where how will we time our meals what food will we eat how will we refresh ourselves and obviously I'm speaking somewhat spiritually here um, we need to plan the details beforehand so we don't get taken off God and suffer the consequences so we go into these seasons of rest and refreshment and oftentimes we try and refresh ourselves and rest only in the natural and we don't take into account the spiritual aspect and when we get into 2021 and we're supposed to hit the ground running we're actually not spiritually refreshed yes our physical bodies may be rested but we're not spiritually refreshed and we're not strong in the spirit because we haven't planned how we're going to get ourselves ready for the next season and so I'm wanting to use this analogy right now um, just to to encourage us and, and get us thinking about the holiday season and the next season and, and how we're going to ensure that the purpose of the season is fulfilled. And um, the first thing I'm, I'm wanting us to look at is what are you planning on eating? What are you planning on eating for this holiday season? And the scripture I'm, I'm going to read is Matthew 4, verse 1 to 4. It says, Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights after, he was hungry. Now when the tempter came to him, he said, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become bread. But Jesus answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of of God. Now obviously this was a moment of temptation for Jesus, it was his warfare moment and he'd already hidden the word in his heart so he could take it out and use it in the time that it was that he needed to use it. But I'm wanting us right now to focus on this portion, he says, man shall not live by bread alone but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And so yes, holiday season is coming. Generally, people tend to pick up weights over the festive season. You know, people tend to eat a lot more than what they need to. But I'm wanting to challenge us. Have we got a plan and are we thinking about what we're going to eat spiritually for this particular season? Because Jesus says that man shall not live by bread alone, not only natural food, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. If we're wanting to enter 2021 strong and hit the ground running, we need to be feeding ourselves spiritually um, enough of the preceding word of God. So God's preceding word is necessary and we need to hide it in our hearts consistently so that when the moment of temptation or warfare or challenge arises, when the next season hits us, 2021 hits us, we can we have enough scriptures built up in our heart at our disposal that we won't have to suddenly go to our Bible and we're digging and now we're trying to feed ourselves but we're weak and we can't, we don't have the strength to face the things that we need to face in the new year. I love Psalm 119 verse 11. It says, Your word I've hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. Are you hiding God's word in your heart? Do you have a plan to hide God's word in your heart over this festive season? When are you going to have those spiritual meal times? When are you going to do that? Have you got an idea 
Um, because if you say, oh, I'll do it whenever I feel like it, it might only happen once a week or once every two weeks. Do you have a plan? Is there a Bible reading program that you're going to put yourself on? Is there a Bible study program that you're going to be on? And it doesn't have to take you hours and hours every day, but just consistent, consistent feeding on the word. It's critical. Um, the preceding word is needed in times of warfare. The preceding word is needed in times of warfare. And often over this festive season, people end up drinking alcohol more than they should. People end up engaging in things that they shouldn't really engage in. And so even over this festive season can be a time of warfare for people. And um, if you go and read in Ephesians um, 6 verse 11 to 18, it's that scripture where we're encouraged to put on the whole armor of God. And if you go and read all those verses, um, it's very insightful. And we get to verse 17 and it says, And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication and the Spirit being watchful to this end. And so the sword of the Spirit is the word of God. We need to be eating and eating regularly and eating consistently that we can wield that sword of the spirit so we don't have to just go to someone to our pastor or to our leader or to our spouse or to our friend and say pray for me and give me a prophetic word i'm so weak but me but really the weakness it comes from our it's, it's of our own doing because we haven't been feeding ourselves we haven't been strengthening ourselves with the word of god okay the word is needed is in all seasons for continual fruitfulness. It's needed in all seasons. It's needed, yes, in busy seasons, in times of intense productivity and, and busyness. It's also needed in times of rest and refreshment. Uh, Psalm 1 verse 1 to 3 says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. Day and night. In festive seasons, in holiday seasons, in uh, work seasons, in every single season, day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. So the word is needed in all seasons for continual fruitfulness. I want to encourage us to have a plan for reading the word and getting the word into our hearts in this time um, so that we can be fruitful and whatever we do can prosper. The word is needed to sustain us through difficult times. Psalm 119 verse 92 to 93 in the Passion Translation says, Because your words are my deepest delight, I don't give up when all else was lost. I can never forget the profound revelations you've taught me, for they have kept me alive more than once. See, God's word is life-giving. God's word will sustain us even when we've lost all other things. Because your words are my deepest delight, I don't give up when all else is lost. Okay, his words give us strength. They give us um, a perseverance. We need his word to sustain us. Okay, I can never forget the profound revelations you've taught me for they have kept me alive more than once. God's word is a spiritual nourishment which, which keeps us alive. And it's important that we take in of that during this next season of rest. We're entering a season where the spirit is saying to us, arise and eat for the journey ahead is long. As I was preparing this message, I just 
felt the Holy Spirit saying that now is the season we need to arise and eat for the journey ahead is long. There are things that he's prepared for us in 2021 and beyond and we need to partake of his spiritual food that we can be sustained through whatever is coming for us in the next seasons. Um, now I'm wanting us to look at Elijah where where. Uh, where we find this, those particular, that particular verse, arise and eat for the journey ahead is long. And the context of the scripture is that Elijah had just confronted the, the prophets of Baal and he actually, there's actually been a victory. Um, and Jezebel then had threatened Elijah and he ran in fear from her. So Elijah's running in fear from, from Jezebel and um, this is where we find it. I'm just looking for the, the, the reference where it's 1 Kings 19 verse 4 to 8. So it says, but he himself, this is Elijah, he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a broom tree. And he prayed that he might die and said, it is enough now, Lord, take my life for I'm no better than my father's. Then as he lay down and slept under a broom tree, suddenly an angel touched him and said to him, arise and eat. And he looked and there by his head was a cake baked on coals and a jar of water. So he ate and drank, drank and lay down again. And the angel of the Lord came to him and, and touched him again, woke him up and said, Arise and eat because the journey is too great for you. So he arose and ate and drank and listened to this. He went in the strength of that food for 40 days and 40 nights as far as Horeb, the mountain of the Lord. So many of us find ourselves in this place. It's a prophetic picture of where we're at. We have a respite coming up and the Spirit is instructing us to prepare for the journey ahead, to arise and eat, for we will need the strength of this food for the journey ahead. Okay, so we have this respite, this time to sit down right now, time to sit down uh, for some of us to sleep. But the Spirit is saying to us, arise and eat, for you will go in the strength of this food for a long time for the journey. The journey is great. Amen. So what is your Bible, uh, Bible reading strategy? Like I asked you, when will you eat? Are you going to say every day at this time in the morning or every day at that time as a family, we will read a Psalm or we'll read a proverb or we'll do, go through this Bible reading program or we'll do a topical thing and we'll discuss um, what we've shared or we're going to listen to the series of messages. Um, just so that you ensure that your menu for this event, your menu for this holiday period is planned out um, and you do get in enough, enough food, okay, and you have strength for the journey ahead. So that's the first thing I'm question I'm wanting to ask you. What are you planning on eating? What is your menu? What um, what, what are, how are you going to time the things that you're going to eat? The next question I'm wanting to ask you is what are you planning on drinking? What are you planning on drinking? Now, we drink different things for different reasons in life. Um, the different things we drink have different pur purposes. Sometimes if I'm going to go for a long run, I'll take a drink and I'll put some electrolytes, maybe some energy in it and I'll drink it at a certain point along my long run. Sometimes we take a protein shake after an intense workout for muscle recovery. Um, some of us drink water to refresh ourselves. Um, we drink different things for different purposes and um, often we drink primarily to refresh ourselves. And that is really what I'm wanting to focus on here. How do you plan 
to refresh yourself this season. How you refresh yourself will impact your strength and will have confidence uh, consequences. So if someone drinks alcohol excessively, it will have consequences, okay? And we don't, we don't encourage that at all, okay? Um, if you do not drink water, you can end up dehydrated and it will impact your strength going forward. If you drink enough water, if you refresh yourself enough, it will help you to have strength for whatever else you need uh, to do. And a lovely scripture, I'm going to read Isaiah 55, verse 1 to 3a in the Amplified. Everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. And you who have no money, come. Buy grain and eat. Come, buy wine and milk without money, without cost. Simply accept it as a gift from God. Why do you spend money for that which is not bread? And your earnings for that which does not satisfy? Listen carefully to me and eat what is good and let your soul delight in abundance. Incline your ear to listen and come to me here so that your soul may live. You see, whatever strategy we employ to ensure, what strategy, sorry, what strategy will you employ to ensure that you spend time refreshing yourself in his presence and listening to him each day? You see, True refreshing and times of refreshing come from the presence of the Lord. Yes, it's refreshing to relax, to get away, to be in nature or to do whatever you like to do to refresh yourself. Some people like to go to the mall. Uh, that's not what I like to do to refresh myself. Okay, but some people, we all like different things and God made us different and that's fine. But sometimes we focus on the natural in terms of refreshing ourselves and that's part of refreshing. But true times of refreshing come from the presence of the Lord. So we have to ensure wherever we go, whatever we're doing, we're getting away, we're going to the beach, we're going to the bush, we're going to, you know, whatever it is, window shopping in the mall, whatever it is, we need to make sure that we include the presence of the Lord in that because true refreshing and times of refreshing comes from, come from times in his presence. In Acts 3 verse 19 we see this. It says, Repent therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. And you see there are things that we do in our natural lives wherever we are that can bring the presence of God, God that can allow us to experience the presence of God and there are things that we can do even where we're going to get away and be refreshed in the bush, at the beach, wherever we're going. There are things that we can do which will actually uh, hinder God's presence and us experiencing true refreshing which comes from His presence. So we need to be mindful of the fact that true refreshing comes from times in His presence and we want to make sure that we include that in our plan, in our, in our plan for our event, which is this holiday season. So yes, our bodies need times of relaxation and refreshment and recreation. But true refreshing always comes from times in the presence of the Lord. And we cannot neglect this. And we have to plan for this. You know, if we don't plan certain things, they may or may not happen. But at least if we plan for it and we're disciplined about it, we know it will happen. And that's where we want to be. Okay? The word of God washes like water and refreshes. Ephesians 5 verse 25 to 26 
says, Husbands, love your wives, wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her, listen to this, that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word. So there's something about the word of God and the preceding word of God. Yes, it's the bread of life. Yes, it feeds us, but it also refreshes us. It also washes us. So times in His presence with the Word of God, we need to make sure we plan for those times that we can truly be refreshed. And the water from Jesus becomes in us a fountain of living water. So when we've partaken of that, that bread of life, when we've allowed His, His words to wash us, when we're spending time, times in His presence and we're being refreshed, that water from Jesus becomes in us a fountain of living water okay jesus when he's at the um with the woman uh, by the well in in samaria the samaritan woman jesus is talking to her and he says to her whoever drinks of this water from the well will thirst again so whoever drinks of natural refreshment of these natural things that we have to refresh our bodies um you know, when we go on holiday, will thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. The water that I give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. You see, we need to refresh ourselves with the word of God, with that refreshment that causes water to spring up from within us. And we become a refreshment to other people. We become a conduit for salvation and the gospel and for life, Zoe life, to the people around us. So the water from Jesus becomes in us a fountain of living water. Amen. So we want to we we be a part of that. And the thing is that, you know, God has established these ways that we refresh ourselves spiritually. And when we choose to trust in other things to refresh ourselves, when we choose to take our eyes off God and we begin to do other things that we know are contrary to His Word or to His will, or we become lazy with with spending time with him, we effectively building our own systems, we making our own plan in terms of our own refreshments. And that displeases our Father, it grieves the Holy Spirit. In Jeremiah 2 verse 11 to 13, he talks about this and he says, Has a nation changed its gods, which are not gods? But my people have changed their glory for what does not profit. And then he goes on and he says, For my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters, and hewn themselves cisterns, broken cisterns that can hold no water. You see, when we turn away from God and we try and make our own way and we think, oh, I'll just do this and be involved in that, even though I probably shouldn't, and I'll repent and he'll forgive me and I'll start again next year. It, it grieves the Holy Spirit and it's cisterns that can hold no water. Um, we don't end up being fully refreshed, truly refreshed. We don't end up entering next year ready for the year ahead. So I'm wanting to really encourage us to ensure that we plan to have times of refreshing in His presence, that we plan to allow the Holy Spirit to wash us with the Word and um, that, that that fountain of living water can spring up within us and we enter next year and we're full of living water, we're full of the fountain of life, we're full of His Word, we've hidden it in our heart and we're strengthened because we've eaten at the preceding Word of God. Okay, so the next question that I'm wanting to ask you is, what are you planning on wearing? You know, often when we're going 
organizing an event or we're going to a function, we're organizing a function, we'll know what we want to wear. You know, we'll have an idea, okay, it's formal, I want to put this on, I want to put that on, I want to look um, like this. And we put on our best, we try to look our best, okay? And, and it's the same in the spirit, just like people can view us in the natural, when God views us in the spirit, he can also see and we can dress in the spirit. And I'm wanting to encourage us as we go into this festive season, as we go into this holiday season, to dress ourselves in, in, in the spirit realm, to be dressed in a beauty, to put on, to put our best foot forward. Amen. And so the first thing I'm wanting to say is let's dress in praise. Let's dress in praise. You know, when Jesus was reading um, the scroll from Isaiah, and he said he was anointed to, and he listed all the things he was anointed to do, because the anointing is given to do. It's not given to just sit back and enjoy all the time. It's actually given to do things for the kingdom. And he said he was anointed to, and one of the things he said, he was anointed to grant consolation and joy to those who mourn in Zion, to give them an ornament, a garland, a diadem of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and the garment of expressive praise instead of a heavy burdened and failing spirit, that they may be called oaks of righteousness. Okay, so that's in the Amplified, it's Isaiah 61 verse 3. So in some other versions, it will talk about how um, he's to give us a garment of praise for a spirit of heaviness. Okay, so praise in the spirit is a garment. I can put on a garment of praise and it's actually, it actually, it's, it's something, it's a garment in the spirit realm. Um, Psalm 33 verse 1, the Passion Translation says, It's time to sing and shout for joy. Go ahead, all you redeemed ones, do it. Praise Him with all you have. For praise looks lovely on the lips of God's lovers. So praise looks lovely on the lips of God's lovers. Isn't that a beautiful picture? Um, in the Amplified, it says, Rejoice in the Lord, O you uncompromisingly righteous, you upright in right standing with God. For praise is becoming and appropriate for those who are upright in heart. Praise is becoming and appropriate. Um, in the King James Version, it says, Rejoice in the Lord, O ye righteous, for praise is comely for the upright. Is comely. Comely in the Hebrew, that word means beautiful. So praise looks beautiful on the upright. Praise looks good on you. So if you want to look good, if you want to look beautiful in the spirit realm, or you want to look handsome, put on a garment of praise. Put on a garment of praise. Psalm 100 verse 4 to 5, and I love the scripture and we use it a lot in our Zoom prayer meetings. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. So we come into his presence with thanksgiving and with praise. We don't come with our shopping lists. We don't come with our grumblings. We come, we put on that garment of praise. We come with thanksgiving. It says, be thankful to him and bless his name. For the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting and his truth endures to all generations. Okay. Now, if you struggle with that, if you think, well, how do I praise him if I'm not singing somebody's praise song? I don't know how to praise him. You know, think about this scripture, James 1 verse 17. Every good and perfect gift is from above coming down from the Father of heavenly light who does not change like shifting shadows. So every good gift is from Him. We can thank Him for that. We can praise Him for the nature that He has to give us those things. Um, we can praise Him. We, can, we praise Him for who He is and we thank Him 
for what he's done. And then we dress ourselves in a garment of praise. If I don't know how to praise my husband, you know, well, I do know, but think I'm using it as an example. Say, I'm thinking, how am I going to praise him? Well, I just think of the attributes that are praiseworthy, the things that are worthy of praise in him. It's the same with the Lord. If I think of how I know him and who he is and how he's revealed himself to me. How do I know how he's revealed himself to me? By the good gifts, James 1.17, that he's given me. So I think about it and I can immediately, I begin to think of all the good things in my life and I begin to thank him for that. And then I think about the nature that he has, what aspect of his personhood, what aspect of him allows him and, and um yeah, helps him to do that for me. And then I praise him for those attributes. So we thank him for what he's done. We praise him for who he is. And we dress ourselves in a garment of praise. So I've got an example here and I've put it in your notes. It's an example that I crafted prayer of thanksgiving and praise. And I've used it in some of our prayer meetings. And I encourage you to do this. You can craft your prayers of thanksgiving and praise. Craft your, your praise. That's, that's awesome. And you've got it there as a record, you can wake up at 12 midnight and, you, and it's there in front of you. And um, you don't have to even really think too hard. So here's an example. You can close your eyes. You can agree with me. Father, we come humbly before you today, acknowledging that you are God. You are Lord. You are the great I am. You are the Alpha and Omega. You are the beginning and the end. You uphold all things by the word of your power. You are king over all. There is none that compares to you. And there is nothing hidden from your sight. You are all seeing. You are all knowing. You are all powerful. You are almighty. You are victorious. And you hear our prayers. You truly are our good king. We thank you, Father, for your goodness, for your kindness, for your mercies, which are new every morning. Thank you that you are our faithful king. Jehovah Jireh, who faithfully provides. I see that in my life, Lord. You have made a way, you made a way for us when we were in sin, and you continue to make a way for us. You've provided food in our bellies, robes over our heads, shoes on our feet, clothes to cover us. You've provided to cover our financial needs this year, Lord God, even coming through COVID. You've You've helped us, Lord. You've truly provided for us. You've provided natural family, spiritual family, and meaningful relationships. You are so good to us. You have led us and guided us and taught us and spoken to us. You've heard our prayers and our cries, and you've been patient with our weakness. Lord, you've sent people to challenge us, to cause us to grow, to encourage and strengthen us and to reveal your heart toward us. You are the God who goes before and makes crooked places straight. You break in pieces gates of bronze and cut bars of iron. You open doors which man cannot shut and close doors so that they cannot be opened. You truly are the way maker, just like you made a way through the Red Sea for the Israelites. Lord, you make a way for us today. Thank you for that, Father. You are our Prince of Peace. You guard our hearts and our minds with your peace. You are our keeper. You watch over our coming and our going and you continue to keep us. You've kept us, Lord God, and we thank you for that. We thank you for your protection and for your covering, for the safety that we have in you. You are our good shepherd, Lord. You've led us and you continue to lead us beside the still waters and you restore our souls. You bring us into green pastures and you feed us, Lord God. 
God. You protect and you discipline us. You provide a feast for us even in the presence of our enemies. You are God who is with us always through the darkest valleys in the intense warfare and yes on the mountain tops Lord. You never leave us. Thank you. You are the God who heals Jehovah Rapha and we've seen this Lord God. You restore. You give life. You gave your life Lord Jesus. You are compassionate and kind, long-suffering and gracious. Thank you, Lord. Your understanding is unsearchable. You are amazing. Thank you for your heart toward us, for your love for us, for your work within us. Lord God, you are glorious. You are worthy of the praise. You are worthy of the adoration. No one else can take your glory, Lord. None compares to you. You are beautiful. You are holy. You are just. You are powerful. You are mighty. You are good. You are love. You are life. You are creator. We worship you, Lord. We give you praise, O Lord. Forgive us when we've taken our eyes off who you are, when we've allowed our eyes to settle on circumstances or on ourselves. Today, we lift our eyes to you. We fix our eyes on you and who you are, Lord God, in Jesus' name. Amen. You see, immediately I begin to praise. Faith begins to rise in my heart in the spirit realm. I'm putting on that garment of praise and it looks beautiful in the spirit realm. And we need to walk in that. And I just want to encourage us, we, as we put on that garment of praise and we're praising God, we can also praise those around us that we love. We can also build them up with praise. It, it is also beautiful. Another thing that we can do in terms of putting on a garment of praise and controlling this is also controlling the ambience uh, it's controlling the environment it's controlling the atmosphere around us we can play praise and worship in our house we can control the environment so it's an upbuilding environment it encourages um it en encourages praise it encourages faith it's a, a, a building up in environments in our homes i want to encourage you to do that rather than just playing any old music in into your house with all sorts of lyrics that you don't necessarily agree with control the environment in your home make it a praiseworthy make it a praise filled environment another thing that you can do is play crafted praise in your house that also will help in terms of the environment and creating a um a praise uh, and a faithful environment in your home a lot of them are available on youtube you can google them from our church uh, from paul Niam just google paul Niamuda crafted prayers and there are a lot of great uh, crafted prayers you can just be playing through your house um, to help with that ambience and that environment okay so we dress in praise we can also dress in good deeds and we see this in 1 timothy 2 verse 8 to 10 it says therefore i want the men everywhere to pray lifting up holy, holy hands without anger or, or disputing. I also want the woman to dress modestly with decency and propriety, adorning themselves not with elaborate hairstyles or gold or pearls or expensive clothes, but listen to this, but with good deeds, appropriate for women who profess to worship God. So the point here is not to encourage women to not wear nice things and to dress in good deeds. The point here is to encourage us that we can actually dress with good deeds because it says i want he says i want the woman to dress modestly with decency and propriety let's skip down with good deeds appropriate for women okay so but it's also for men because men can also dress in good deeds so i'm wanting to show us here that we can dress in good deeds in the spirit realm 
when we doing good when we choose to do good deeds it's also a form of dressing ourselves in good deeds it has when our father looks there's an aspect of dressing that he will view when we dress ourselves in good deeds another example is um, we can put on love and uh, we see this in colossians 3 verse 12 to 14 therefore as the elect of god holy and beloved Put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another, forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you must also do. But above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection. So in the spirit realm, we can put on certain things, okay? So we can put on meekness, put on tender mercies, put on kindness, put on humility, long-suffering, bearing with one another. Now, if we're living in homes during it with families or with other people during this time, this will be a really good scripture to meditate on, to stick on your mirror and say, every morning, put on tender mercies. I'm going to put on kindness. I'm going to put on humility and meekness and long-suffering. I'm going to put on forgiveness. Okay, I'm going to forgive quickly and above all these things, I'm going to put on love. Okay, so we can dress in love. We can dress in good deeds. We can dress with a garment of praise. And that's what I'm wanting to encourage us today. So we've looked at um, in terms of our, our function, in terms of what's happening this holidays, this particular season coming up. We've looked at our menu and how we need to plan that. We've looked at our drinks and our refreshments and how we need to plan that. We've looked at our wardrobe and, and we've, we've, talked, we've spoken about that and I've given you some ideas in terms of how you can dress for this particular season. And, and I, now I'm wanting to look at um, what fragrance we plan to use. And this is an interesting one for me um, because we have five spiritual senses. So in the spirit realm, we have a scent. We, there's, a, there's a scent in the spirit realm. And um, we can control that fragrance to a large extent by our lifestyle, by what we meditate on, by the company we keep, by, uh, and so on and so forth. There's a spiritual smell that we have. So we have a fragrance and we can, we can control it. Um, and, and an interesting thing, and I won't go into details concerning this particular experience that I had, but... I was cycling uh, on my mountain bike on Bota um, a couple of weeks ago, uh, a few weeks ago, and there were these big lorries filled with foul-smelling waste um, and soil that would would drive past me. Really pungent, awful smell. And first of all, I actually didn't know where the smell was coming from, and it was it was awful. I was gagging. I could hardly breathe. Um, but then I realized the source of the, the of this pungent smell. Every time one of those big lorries passed me, I would I would smell it. And um, I was just thinking about it, thinking, oh, this is awful. And looking around at the people because they were just carrying on with life, you know, on the side of the road and thinking, can't they smell what I'm smelling? But the Holy Spirit spoke to me at a certain point And he just said, some of my ministries are like that. Some of my ministries are like that. And he was just talking about how some ministries, when they carry doctrines of demons and... Um, lies from the enemy and demonic spirits there's a certain smell that emits and he was talking to me and then i had a vision and he continued to talk to me he was encouraging me to pray for his church because he loves his church 
and his church and his ministries will be spotless and without blemish at some point but we're not there yet and so he was wanting to he's calling us to pray for leaders and for ministries and so forth but the point is that he was talking to me about the smell of some ministries in the spirit realm and um i remember another another situation where there were some men that walked past me and the lord spoke to me about their smell in the spirit and it was to do with their lifestyle and the thing is that depending on our lifestyle we emit a certain fragrance in the spirit and there are a number of, of scriptures which which talk about this but i'm wanting to encourage us with just a few of these scriptures revelation 5 verse 8 says now when he'd taken the scroll the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the lamb each having a harp representing worship and golden bowls full of incense which are the prayers of the saints golden bowls full of incense which are the prayers of the saints so when we are found in prayer we smell good there's an incense around us come on how many of you have ever been around someone who prays a lot and they begin to pray and you can just feel there's something about this, the, the, the anointing. There's something about the spirit around them. There's, a, there's something about it. There's an incense in the spirit. Okay, So when we prayerful, there's a, there's a fragrance about us, a fragrance of the Holy Spirit, which is beautiful, more beautiful than any perfume that you can purchase in the natural. Psalm 141 verse 2 says, Let my prayer be set before you as incense, the lifting of my hands, as the evening sacrifice so prayer and being prayerful it creates an atmosphere it creates an aroma and incense a perfume around our lives so i'm wanting to encourage us to be prayerful during this time to be cognizant of that fact let's uh, have an atmosphere of the holy spirit of that spirit of grace and supplication around our lives as we go into this holiday season and let's plan for it Come on, let's you and I say this time or at this point in the day, I'm going to have a time of prayer, a time where I bring myself before the Lord and say, this is your time, Lord. And yes, we're not going to have as many Zoom prayers during this particular festive season, but you're going to have time to pray on your own. You'll be able to set aside time when it suits you and encourage you to do that, to pray on your own, to pray with your family, have that atmosphere of incense around you. Something else that I found interesting as I was just reflecting on this and doing some research is um, that generosity stemming from love is also a sweet-smelling aroma in the spirit realm. Generosity stemming from love is a sweet-smelling aroma and it's a season of giving. It's a season where we give gifts. And so I'm wanting to encourage us not to give begrudgingly as we give gifts to people around us as we give of ourselves to not give begrudgingly because the lord loves a cheerful giver but to be generous out of a place of love because that is a sweet smelling aroma in the spirit realm that's an awesome perfume to have we see this in ephesians 5 verse 1 to 5 it says therefore be imitators of god dear children and walk in love as christ also has loved us and given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. Isn't that, isn't that just so encouraging? Therefore, be imitators of God, dear children, and walk in love 
we, we looked just now about putting on love. So it's and walk in love. Put on love and walk in love as Christ also has loved us. And out of that, he gave himself for us. Out of his love, he gave himself for us. And it was an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. So I want to encourage us this holidays, when we give, let's give as an offering and a sacrifice to God that it may be a sweet-smelling aroma to Him. We're doing it primarily for the Lord. Whatever we give, whenever we give to our family, give to our friends, give. However the Holy Spirit is leading us, we give out of love that it may be a sweet-smelling aroma and we do it for God. And I specifically want to read the rest of that verse because I think it is poignant over the season for many people. It says, But fornication and all uncleanness or covetousness, let it not even be named among you as is fitting for the saints, neither filthiness nor foolish talking nor coarse jesting, which are not fitting, but rather giving of thanks. For this you know that no fornicator, unclean person, covetous man, who is an idolater has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. So I love this scripture. It's very clear. Walk in love and give as an offering and a sacrifice to God as a sweet smelling aroma. That's beautiful. And then it specifies, but fornication, uncleanness, covetousness, um, filthiness, foolish talking, coarse jesting, uh, let these things not even be named among you. They does not be found among you. Okay, so I'm wanting to encourage us concerning that for this particular holiday season. Another scripture is Philippians 4 verse 15 to 19. It says, Now you Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel when I departed from Macedonia, no church shared with me concerning giving and receiving, but you only. For even in Thessalonica you sent aid once and again for my necessities. Not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that abounds to your account. Isn't that awesome? So he's saying, you know, be generous. And I'm not asking you to be generous to me because I want the gift that you're giving me, but I want the fruit that I know will abound to your account. There he's talking about sowing and reaping. He's talking about the benefit of giving. And as we're giving this holiday season, I want us to be cognizant of that fact that God is not a debtor to man. And as we give and we give to him, yes, it's a sweet smelling aroma, but there's also, he also will bless us um, because of it. And it continues and he says, Indeed, I have all and abound. I am full, having received from Epaphroditus the things sent from you, a sweet-smelling aroma, an acceptable sacrifice, uh, well-pleasing to God. And my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. So their giving was a sweet-smelling aroma, an acceptable sacrifice, to God. So as we give this season, let it be um, a sweet smelling aroma, an acceptable sacrifice. Let's surround our lives with generosity from love and with prayer, which is a sweet, all, which all is a sweet smelling aroma and incense before God. Amen. The last thing that I'm wanting to encourage us concerning as we plan our event, as we plan our holiday, um, as we pan our function, is what will you fix your eyes upon? What will you fix your eyes upon? What will you focus on during this time? You know, if I think about some of the, one of the things that I try to do um, when I leave the house, so 
say I get ready for church, I get dressed and oftentimes I've just come from a run, maybe I don't have quite enough time to do my hair or to choose my uh, outfit, you know, the way that I want it, but I get dressed and I know it's appropriate and I leave and I make a decision that once I leave the house, I've dressed and there is nothing that I can do to change what I'm wearing when I'm at church or wherever I'm going. I'm already dressed. So I try to not think about how I look, what I'm wearing, compare myself because it's fruitless. I can't do anything about it. So I choose what I'm going to focus on. I focus on outside, the people, what needs to happen, everything I need to do. And so I choose, but I have to make a conscious decision what I'm going to focus on when I leave the house. And it's the same in any event and it's the same as we go into the holiday season. We need to choose what we're going to fix our eyes on, you know, what we're going to focus on. Um, another example I have is say, you know, when at events, people focus on different things. Okay, so um, say we walk into something, whether it's a church function or something like that. My husband tends to focus on faces. Okay, that's what he is naturally drawn to. Um, my natural tendency is to focus on uh, what needs to be done, any gaps, cracks, leakages, anything that needs to be sorted out so that the event can sm fl flow smoothly. Does everyone have a chair? Does everyone know what to do? Does everyone, is there enough food? Does everyone have enough? Um, is everything going to be okay? Does everyone know what they should do? So I'm more task oriented. He's more people oriented. So we have a, a bend to focus on certain things. Um, we can also sometimes be so focused on ourselves you know, the color of our dress or what we think other people think of us, um, that we can miss the main point of the event by focusing on things outside of our control. That's what I'm talking about when I say, when I leave the house, I don't focus again on how I look because there's nothing much I can do to change it. So what are you focusing on? What, what do you naturally focus on? What are you choosing to focus on? That's where I'm going with this. What are we fixing our eyes on? Um, if I'm at an event at a group gathering, if you are, think about it, you can tell a lot about a person by observing the direction of their eyes, observing where their eyes remain, what their eyes fix on, okay? And I'm beginning now to speak naturally and figuratively, figuratively and spiritually too. Um, have you ever been in a meeting with someone trying to convey something and the person's eyes constantly move from your eyes to other things. Look, there, person walks in, their eyes move there and you're trying to talk to them. Then somebody does something there and their eyes move there and you, you're talking to them and then they're looking over there and then they turn around, you know. Um, what message is conveyed to you? You know, are their eyes fixed on you or are their eyes moving around to a whole lot of other distractions and, and things around them that they and what message is being conveyed out of that. Um, have you ever observed a man mm, in a room when a woman walks through the room? He may be with his wife even. Where do his eyes go and where do they linger? It tells you a lot about him. So you can tell a lot by observing people's eyes and where they remain. And it's the same with God. It's the same in the spirit realm. Where do our eyes remain? Where are they focused on? Where are they fixed? Where will your eyes remain fixed during the course of this particular holiday? Um, we choose. We choose consciously or passively what our mind lingers on and God can tell a lot 
about where our hearts are from this. Um, I mean, an example, an example of this from my own life where I felt quite challenged by the, by the Holy Spirit. A few weeks ago, um, as many of you were aware, I was cycling and I was stung by a wasp inside my mouth on my palate. Um, and, you know, don't ask why my mouth was open. You know, I think maybe I was breathing heavily and I was smiling all at once and it flew in and it stung me twice. Um, but my mouth swelled up and it was really uncomfortable. And I had to come to church the next day with this, you know, massive mouth. Fortunately, we could wear masks. But some of you saw my mouth. Um, and then last week, my son was on a school camp. And he walked into a wasp nest of some sort and he was stung on his face and on his back. And I think my allergy, I'm aller I must be allergic to them because I swelled up really good and proper. And, and his face swelled up really good and proper on the one side as well. Um, and then this last weekend on Saturday, one of our miniature dash hunt pups was playing on my son's balcony. And he got stung somewhere on his face or his mouth by what we think was a wasp because my kids saw him trying to play with a wasp. And his whole head and snout and mouth was just swelling and swelling and swelling. He got these big, like, welts on his head. And we, we were looking at him and thinking, oh, and we were all getting itchy. And in the space of about 30 minutes, his whole, like, snout, his head just swelled up. And we took him to the vet to get, quickly, to get um, a cortisone and antihistamine, a cortisone jab and some antihistamine. But, you know, I was in the house after that in, uh, incident, and I was marveling at this, thinking, so in the space of about three weeks, three people, three individuals in our families have been stung on our faces, you know, and just marveling at that and talking to the Lord about it and saying, I think, I think it must be the work of the enemy. I think it's the enemy, you know, because it's like too much to be coincident. So I'm mulling over this and I'm thinking about this and I'm talking to the Lord about it. I'm not really hearing any response from him. And then, um, yeah, and I've, I just felt the Holy Spirit challenging me at a certain point in my heart just saying yes of course it's the enemy but why be amazed and marvel at that so what so three of us got stung three times in three weeks you know on our faces and our faces swelled is that something to meditate upon you know i just felt him challenging me what am i fixing my eyes on why not marvel at god's miracles and god's breakthrough this year why not be amazed at the goodness of God, at how he's led us and kept us. And I felt really challenged concerning what I was allowing my eyes to fix upon, what I was allowing the eyes of my heart and the meditation of my heart to be upon. Now, I'm meditating on this and effectively, you know, giving a lot of time and space and energy and glory to, the, to what the enemy has done and the works of the enemy when why God has done so much more. So I felt challenged and I want to challenge all of us. What will you fix your eyes upon this holidays? We need to determine beforehand. What will you allow into your eyes, your natural eyes? Where will you allow your eyes to linger? What, would, what will hold your attention and focus during this season? Okay, I'm speaking naturally and physically right now. So let's just look a little bit naturally. Where will you allow your eyes to go? Your eye gates, really important gates into your spirit, into your body. Um, Romans 6 verse 13 in the Amplified says, Do not continue offering or yielding your bodily members and faculties to sin as instruments, tools of wickedness, but offer and yield yourselves to God as though you've been raised from the dead to perpetual life. 
and your bodily members and faculties to God, presenting them as implements of righteousness. So I want to challenge us, our eye gates, our ear gates, our mind gates, our hands, our feet, our bodies. Let's offer these continually to God, these faculties, these things, our eyes. What are we allowing to go in to our eyes? This holidays, let's, let's challenge ourselves to fix all these things on, on God, to offer them as instruments and implements of righteousness, all our faculties, okay? And that's, that's naturally, and you can take that and apply that however that works, however that um, works for you. What are you going to watch on TV? What are you going to watch on your computer? What are you going to allow to go in your ears? Where are you going to allow these, these feet to take you? What are you going to allow these hands to do? What are you going to fix the eyes of your heart upon and meditate upon this particular holiday, this particular event that we are planning? Spiritually, spiritually I'm going to read from um, Hebrews 12 verse 1 to 2. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which easily ensnares us. And let us run with endurance the race set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, sat down at the right hand of the Father. So I'm wanting us to look unto Jesus, to keep our hearts focused on Jesus, to say, when this holiday starts, for whoever is going away, whoever is staying, doesn't matter, we are going to choose to focus and fix our eyes upon Jesus, upon everything that is good and, and, and lovely and praiseworthy and righteous, according to Philippians 4, unto Jesus, who actually is the author and finisher of our faith. 2 Peter 1 verse 5 to 9 says, But also for this very reason, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, to virtue knowledge, to knowledge self-control, to self-control perseverance, to perseverance godliness, to godliness brotherly kindness, and brotherly kindness love for if these things are yours and abound you will be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ for he who lacks these things is short-sighted even to blindness and has forgotten that he was cleansed from his old sins so here are some keys in terms of being spiritually having spiritual sight uh, so we're not spiritually blind and, and there's a beautiful list of a whole lot of virtues there. So we need to add to our faith virtue, to virtue knowledge, to knowledge self-control, to self-control perseverance, to perseverance godliness, brotherly kindness and love. And if these things abound, we will be fruitful. We will not be barren. We will not be short-sighted and we will see aright. So I'm wanting to encourage us concerning what we are choosing to fix our eyes upon, okay, during this holiday season, during this season that we're planning and preparing for. So, in conclusion, when we are inviting important guests to a ball or a function that we are hosting, we are inevitably very organized. We are veritably, inevitably very specific with the plans around what we will eat, what we will drink, what we will wear, you know, and so forth. And I'm wanting to encourage us as we approach these holidays, you are an important host. You are the host of your own atmosphere. You are the host of your holidays. The God of heaven and earth will be joining you. It will be a long celebration. It will be a number of weeks. I hope you will plan and make ready the dress code, your dress code. Okay, you're going to put on good deeds. You're going to put on love. 
you're going to put on that garment of praise. I hope you will make ready the fragrance. It's going to be the fragrance of incense, the fragrance of prayer, that fragrance of giving from a place of love. You're going to look at the ambience, the environment around you. You're going to look at the food and what you're going to eat and when you're going to eat. You're going to look at the refreshments and how you're going to ensure you truly are refreshed at the end of this particular season and you're ready to hit the road running 2021. You're going you're gonna to ensure that all these things are appropriate and desirable. And I hope and I trust that you will decide beforehand what is going to capture your attention and your eyes and your heart. And it's not going to be things that you don't have control over, things that are of, are of no consequence, but it's going to be things that are valuable in the spirit realm and to God. And I want to wish you an awesome holiday season, wonder, wonderful holiday season. I pray that God keeps us, that he speaks to us concerning the journey that is ahead in 2021, that he gives us his blueprints, that he strengthens us and refreshes us. And we enter next year ready to hit the ground running. We refreshed, we strong, um, and our eyes are on him. So have a great holiday season. Enjoy your family. Enjoy your relationships. And we'll see you next year, second Sunday in January 2021. Amen.